And then we'll just dive in. Okay, do it. And then we'll just ask away and... Uh, you get what you get. 100%. So a uh, question though, um, I'm, I'm looking, every camera has the red light on. How do I know which camera is on? Because I want to know when I can pick my nose. I'll just keep doing this. Oh, he'll just edit and like just change. Oh, like, if oh, you're picking. Oh, so they're all run. Okay, okay. And then he'll... If you start going at... Then we may actually <laughs> zoom in. <Yes. laughs> a slow zoom. A slow zoom. Uh, cl uh, Cliff. Cliff. <laughs> Cliff. Slow down. Save Slow some down, for bro. later. Oh, so funny. All right, let me pray because I think we need, we need a lot it. of it. I need it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Goose okay, blah, blah. Just, like, they're just blah, talking. Blah. <laughs> like, we could just have that. It's like we have guests. You'll see them later. You might hear them. Yeah. <laughs> they chirp a lot. Yeah. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> well, hey everybody. Welcome to the In Doubt Show. Welcome. Yes, yes, our live studio audience. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We love you guys. Um, hey, uh, we got a fantastic episode today. We have Cliff and Aaron Ursel with us. But before we dive into the conversation, I just want to remind you. Uh, if you could like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, that would be very helpful. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, you're driving, you're on your commute, you're on the bus, uh, just give us a rating, leave a review, that actually helps. Uh, if it's a one star, that might not help, but if you give us a five, that would be great. And then uh, that helps let people know, hey, this is something that they should be listening to, and that gives us an opportunity to give life and truth and the gospel to all those who are tuning in. And so we'd really appreciate it. Um, Chris, how's Hello. it going? I'm great. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a awesome. uh, minus a thousand in our hallway out there. I don't know why that is, but uh, yeah. And our boss decided to shut all the doors to make it colder. Just where I am. <laughs> just where you are. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, maybe because you're from office. Edmonton, he's like, oh, this guy can handle it. Yeah, probably. Save on some costs. Which actually, that reminds me, become an in-doubt insider, become a monthly partner to keep the heat because it's cold here, <laughs> and my Egyptian blood is just not um, comfortable. I think my blood's frozen actually. And I feel like everything I touch has frost. I get frostbite. But anyways, indow.ca, you can give a one-time gift. You can be a monthly partner, $5, $10, whatever you feel led. And when you're an Indow insider, you get some behind-the-scenes stuff, some blooper stuff. There's probably going to be tons of bloopers from today's episode, let me just say. <laughs> but um, And you also get 20% off the store. So sweaters, mugs, T-shirts, books, jo Dr. John Newfield's book that came out last month. In all things, you'd get 20% off, which would be fantastic. So indow.ca, we would really appreciate your financial support. And uh, that's it. I get to introduce some legendary friends. I've known these friends for a very long time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we don't have a third chair today. I forgot to say that. Oh, yeah. I know you're We right. don't have a third chair today. I know. I, hey, settle down, folks. <laughs> settle down. We don't have a third chair. But we have two guests today, which... Huh? That's pretty good. Yeah, the air horns. Yeah. Uh, Ma'am, ma stop it. Ma'am, stop it. Um, so we have uh, Cliff and Aaron Ursel. Cliff and Aaron Ursel, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Amazing. Did, yeah. we have a, did we have a theme song for them? Oh. Something fun? Uh, Do we have something to, to just, maybe something actually chill for Cliff? Oh, oh yeah. there you go. This Cliff works. and Aaron Ursel, Westside Church. There you go. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I not feeling harp. that. Give I'm me another feeling. one. Give me another one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, how are you guys doing? We're good. Oh, sorry, oh. I, I gave you another one. You oh. asked for another one. Oh, this one. is much better. I like that one better. This is yeah, much yeah. more Cliff vibes. Okay. 
Yeah, exactly. This one's 20 minutes long. We actually yeah. can't turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. So how's it going? <laughs> just kidding. Um, how are you guys doing? You guys doing well? We're good. Yeah. We're doing really good. I, I apologize that we actually nixed that first song. We're we're persnickety couple. Cliff has very specific, very specific taste music, music tastes. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like, uh, so what, what's your favorite band? Oh, I don't have a favorite. No. Oh, yeah, okay. No. I have genres. I, I love funk. Okay. Love classic rock. Yeah. Uh, I love jazz. Yeah. Jazz is a, that's a hard, that's hard music to play. Oh, yeah. I, whenever someone says jazz, I get PTSD because a couple years ago we tried to do a jazz Christmas. Oh. Until I saw the chord chart. And I was like, oh, I'll just keep making <laughs> mistakes. And that's kind of. Yeah. Jazz. Just turn your guitar off. <laughs> I did. I had to press the tuner. I'm like, oh, I'm just tuning, just tuning, just tuning. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, we've gone back many, many years. We worked together at a church once. In fact, I got my job kind of connected through you. I'm responsible for You're it. You're responsible. Yeah. So, so I take all, full credit. <laughs> I take full credit. Uh, but uh, we had an amazing time. That was a long, that was like, how long ago was that? Is that 10? 10? Four, 14 years. No. It goes back that far. It goes back that we wrote far. wrote some songs together. We wrote some songs together, yeah. Um, and uh, some great times. Uh, so you guys are at Westside. Now tell us a little bit about who you are for our people who aren't uh, familiar, maybe familiar with you guys. What are you guys doing right now? Ministry life, family life. Give us a little bit of a rundown of the Ursals. Well, I'd love to tell you what I do in my job, but Cliff <laughs> always tells me I don't do a good enough job telling people what I do. So why don't you tell them what I do? <laughs> why, why don't you start and then I'll, oh, and then I'll, I'll refine in. it. I'll, we'll be yeah. right back after these messages. <laughs> From help. No, I'm just kidding. We can't say that. We're actually not allowed to say that. Can I ask a question though? <laughs> yeah. Where am I supposed to be looking? Here? Yeah, we'll talk. Right? We're not looking anywhere else. We already established. Yeah, this. You, yeah, you can just look at Andrew. I wasn't paying attention to that part of that. Okay, this is all going to stay in there. <laughs> okay, okay. minus the and actually minus the sponsor. Since we're pausing, it might get both of you. Just you can pull your mics. The the booms will swivel. Just pull them a little bit closer to your mouse. Oh, it's really closing me in. <laughs> okay. Um, I work at Westside Church. Nice. Um, I <laughs> did we already say that? And um, I do care ministry, um, and we do classes, and this is where you usually interject. I, so I never I get past. Yeah, what Aaron's gifting. Um, she she develops and creates ministries, and so she took over a care ministry and revamped it so it's scalable. It's more effective than it's ever been. Mm. And so what does she do? I think she innovates ministries at the church is what cool. she does. And my job description is Minister of Ministry Development. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. No, we should that. change it. Yeah. <laughs> we should change it. <laughs> but but that's like, so one of the things most for, for care ministry, most uh, churches will have a very reactive care ministry. Like when there is... Uh, something significant happening in your family, we will come if it's yeah. a, a, a wedding, if it's a funeral or whatever, where Aaron actually has created a, a, a part of a care ministry that's proactive. Cool. So, so uh, there's classes on yeah. emotional and spiritual health and integration cool. yeah. and yeah. like um, even some of the conversations we're having, um, helping and equipping the church to come alongside people mm -hmm. in their lives, equipping the body um, to care to, for the body. To care for the yeah. body. Yeah. yeah. So it's super fun. That's amazing. That's part of what I Very do. important ministry. Yeah. yeah what about awesome. you? What do you do over there? I'm, I'd love to yeah. hear. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'd funny. love to know. I'd love <laughs> to, to know what you do. I, I'm an associate pastor okay. um, at, at the church. Um, you know, after 30 odd years, um, what Pastor Matt said, uh, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor, leader, coach. Mm. And, and so that's kind of what I do. Mm-hmm pastor leader coach in the church is whatever the church needs I, i'll just kind of come in yeah and serve however i can 
Amazing. I mean, how long have you guys been at Westside? I can answer that. Four year. Yesterday was our four year anniversary. Come on, that's yeah. amazing. Happy yeah. anniversary. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. We should have had Thank some. Uh, come on, people. Cheers. There's no, guys. Four years, man. Uh, yeah. Party. Oh, party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's We're a- expecting that after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So four years. And how long have you guys been married? You said thirty-one years. Yeah. Thirty-one years. Two yeah. kids. Two kids. I can't believe one of them is married because last time I saw him, I yeah, our son he was Levi. getting snuggles. And, I know. Yeah. yeah, he's married almost two years, and we wow. love our daughter-in-law. Uh, Tamara is amazing. Cool. Um, she's a gift uh, to our son and to our family. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're thankful. And our daughter is twenty-four, Jesse, and she's now a teacher. She is no way. Yeah, I think yeah. I might have actually saw that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. So she's doing her thing it's it's beautiful they both love jesus yep. they're both serving the church amazing yeah um yeah. we're thankful and do, does levi live locally yeah Langley. They, oh they both live lo- yeah. yeah okay cool. yeah that's amazing um well it is family day when we're airing this and okay. so we're talking all things family yeah. so um what would one thing be i mean we didn't talk about this but like what was it like raising kids and pointing them to god throughout their journeys if you have any like wisdom for young parents. I can actually answer this because I, I was talking to somebody yesterday about it. He's so excited he can actually, he's like, I, can, yes. I actually have an answer. <laughs> you know, like in the moment, like I, I feel that sometimes when Aaron and I will talk about marriage or family, I'm like, wow, we're pretty amazing. Uh, and like it's, it's as if we knew what we were talking oh, yeah. about. Yeah. We didn't. But we didn't. Yeah. And, and I reframe it like this for... Um, people that are new and married or with families um, believe and trust that the Lord is going to guide you in those Mm. moments. Mm. Um, When I look back on on what I thought was a random conversation about child rearing or marriage or whatever, um, there were some hallmark moments that I can take no credit for Mm. with my intuition or anything. I look back, I'm like, that was my heavenly father being so gracious yeah. And and giving us what what even we didn't know we needed at the time. Yeah. If I can talk to to parents and and uh, couples about that, is to just come to know and to believe yeah. that the Lord will speak in the moments when yeah. you need it. Yeah. Our our job is to just actually position ourselves to yeah. be hearing. Yeah. From yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. And yeah. to add to that, um, for all of the worriers like myself. All those conversations and all the the fretting that you do to avoid some of the things that you're most afraid of, you don't have to because mm. God is like working in all yeah. those like in all exactly work to the good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Cliff was has been very good for me in reminding me of that because I tend to be like, but what if this happens and what if this happens yeah. and like when know. we drive down the highway to here and she's freaking out and trying to hit the brake because I'm going to hit the car in front of this us. This has nothing to do with parenting. This is a marriage issue. We'll <laughs> talk about marriage. that later. We'll be right back after this. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I'm a worrier, I feel like. And I feel like, you know, especially like, you know, my boy's five years old and you see what's happening in kindergartens yeah. and in schools and like the agenda. And I'm just like, I just want to just run away. And so it's just a good reminder. No, yeah. God's in control. Yeah. He's going to protect our kids. Uh, it's hard to... I know. Do because that. we don't see, yeah. like we're looking back, s- yeah. seeing it now. Yeah. But in the moment, yeah. it's just so easy to try to control yeah. what we see. Yeah. And God is sovereignly yeah. ruling yeah. and reigning over all things at all yeah. times, at all places, yeah. including my precious children. Yeah. And an argument could be made 
that what I was doing early on was undermining that work of the Holy Spirit. Because I remember clearly God saying to me at one point, I, 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 I really felt a strong, like, um, uh, disciplinary hmm. word from the Lord of you're not the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And so as long as you're always chirping, hmm. they're not going to learn to hear my voice. Wow. And then I was like, oh, right. Because when they get, when they go out, they're going to be like, where's mom's voice? We mm. got to help them learn to listen and quiet wow. themselves to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh my goodness, because of course I wanted to protect them. And of I'm thinking course. I'm actually getting in the way of their ability to hear from the Lord themselves. That's really hard to uh -huh. get out of the way though. I know. When they're little. I mean, I guess probably all ages. Because yeah. yeah. I've actually found the hardest age is as they get older mm. and they exercise independence mm. and there's more of a distance. Yeah. It like looking back for me, uh, the younger, the easier because I could control more. Right. And uh, I could keep tabs more. But when your kid goes out at 17 years old driving the car <sighs> and or when they're a young adult <laughs> and they think they're better than they really are as far as being able to navigate, yeah. it actually is harder because the stakes are so much higher. Yeah. That's why you want them to know how to discern the voice yeah. of truth and all yeah. these things yeah. early on. So when they get to when they're yeah. out, yeah. They, they know. They yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Chris, yeah. can you remind me how old your kids are? Eight was it eight? Uh well they're eleven and oh, 11. we'll be seven. Eleven and seven. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So he's ahead of me. Um amazing. So we're talking about marriage, we're talking about all things family day as we celebrate family day, at least in BC. I think every province has a different weekend long weekend of family day i'm not sure but here we where we are uh today when this airs it's family day but i want to walk through like all the different journeys of a person so like even singleness mm -hmm. and maybe have some questions on singleness mm -hmm. we can have some dating maybe some boundary questions and we have engagement and we have and so this is a fun fact you guys were our marriage mentors yeah. for michelle and i uh and we just had our 10-year anniversary which is wild to, to think go. we were sitting in your townhouse going through all these questions but um it worked. They're great. Ten years. Yeah. There you go. It All worked. Because it stuck. of the, yeah, it's, it's stuck. Again, I take credit for it, this. Everything. Too. She takes credit Two for everything now. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Just for keeping a ledger yeah. on the side of all yeah. the all the things you owe me. All the things you owe me. You owe me for I got you a job. <laughs> I, got I got you a wife. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so funny. Okay, so let's walk through all the different uh, stages and kind of processes of you know uh, a person. And so singleness. Mm -hmm. Um. This is a big one because a lot of people struggle with like just trying to rush to find someone or they're unhappy when they're single. So I have some questions I wrote out um, and we can kind of walk through some of them. But how can Christian singles find contentment and purpose in their season of singleness and what biblical princes, principles can guide them in their journey? Um, it's funny because we've done relationship talks for 20 years, 15 years, and mm -hmm. this often comes up and regularly. Um, and I, I can't help but wonder, um, I'm going to say this in love, mm. um, people in the stage of singleness is believing a lie. And the lie is that their relationship status is directly connected to their contentedness. Mm. And it's not. Mm. The amount of people we work with um, that are married, yeah. they're, they're equally Right. Uh, unhappy. Unhappy, uh, discontent, or whatnot. And, and so um, there's a lie that your external uh, yeah. circumstances will bring contentment. You do not see that 
in the scriptures whatsoever. Yeah. In fact, you know, in John 10, 10, for example, Jesus, I've come that you might have life. Mm-hmm. The, the Greek word zoe there is uh, the life that Jesus has is this God-authored quality of life given to us through Jesus, mm. not through a spouse yeah. or not through a job or anything like that. And, and so... Uh, the call that I would in, and encouragement I would have for the singles or the same for the married is we actually find our quality of life, our contentment, our joy, our peace is never predicated on circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's actually in Jesus giving us the life that he wants to give yeah. us. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 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 And if you get that right, then yes. marriage is a lot easier. Yes. Yeah, and if you don't, then no matter what, you'll get married and it'll still be... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're just unhappy on the other side of the same question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good good question. I mean, that's a good answer. (laughs) But it was a great question. That was a good question. You owe me. (laughs) (laughs) I set you guys up for a fantastic answer. You needed a good question for a great answer. We did. Uh, No. Um, What advice do you have for Christian singles who desire to be married Mm -hmm. but are struggling... Uh, with those feelings of impatience or loneliness mm. as they wait? Um, one thing that does come up a lot is that I'm seeing a pattern of when I meet with specifically young women is, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at uh, discipleship as separate. I, maybe I'm not saying that properly, but they're looking at their relationship with the Lord and, and pursuing a spouse as two, two different, different things. Yeah. Mm. And I would say... In your discipleship process, as God is making you more like Him, as you're surrendering, as you're submitting, as you're dying to yourself, and you know, as you're being built up in Him, if Cliff will say that marriage is one of the primary discipleship tools that God uses in our lives, that has been Mm. our case. Mm. So if you're thinking, my relationship over here, I'm going to have my relationship with the Lord, and then I'm going to pursue a relationship over here, that ends very badly. Yeah. So if you can just trust Lord, trust the Lord, be in step with the Spirit, keep on keeping on in the Spirit, mm-hmm. and as you're being faithful in what God has given you today, mm-hmm. He, knowing what is right for you and good for you, and He's perfect and um, He's trustworthy, the next step of yeah. your discipleship maybe for those who are called to marriage and all that, that next step will happen. Yeah. If you're separating the two, uh, that can lead to all sorts of really yeah. bad decisions. Yeah. Um, not dating wisely, not choosing yeah. spouses wisely and things like that. Yeah. So that's what I would say is like, be faithful in the season that you're in. Seek God above all things. He will give you the desires of your heart as you're in him yeah. and pursuing him and loving yeah. him above all other things. Yeah, and, and even to that, the, the even the idea that maybe if we're single, has the thought crossed our minds that where we're at in our discipleship process, we're actually not even relationship mm-hmm. ready yet. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, again, often... This will sound really, I'm, I'm not nuancing it, so I apologize if it sounds more brash. Um, people are just only seeing what they want. I want a spouse. Yeah. Well, you might not be ready for a yeah. spouse. Um, or you're you're actually projecting a need that you have that actually could and should only be filled in Jesus. You're putting this pressure on mm. this relationship and no relationship can actually handle that level of pressure that when yeah. we put uh, the relationship uh, and relationship status in a preeminent position, yeah. that's only 
yeah. a, a place that only God could fill. And yeah. and people don't even stop to think of that. And you're already on your back heel yeah. and, and you're not ready for a relationship. And so yeah. the idea of being content yeah. in Christ, being content with what the Lord's called you, you know, even Jesus said in uh, John 4, whoever thirsts of this water will be thirsty. Whoever drinks of the water that I give them will never be thirsty again. And that Jesus's words just imply again that there is a completeness and a wholeness yeah. found yeah. in Jesus. Yeah. When you're there, that is when you go into a relationship yeah. because you're not needed, yeah. you're not broken, you're, you're you're actually full in Jesus, yeah. and that is a great way to start the relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there are some people who are obviously called to singleness, mm -hmm. and they are excited about it. Mm -hmm. There might be some people who are called to singleness but are not, not excited, excited about, about it. it. Yeah. Um, I wonder how do we, maybe even as the church, how do we help and counsel and love and even support people who are going against almost their desires? Um, similar parallel, like um, in my story, I've struggled with depression hmm. for like counseling. I Like it was deep and it was dark and it was terrible. And I didn't really love that the Lord had that for me, hmm. but the Lord did. And there's a redemptive purpose in mm -hmm. it. My, my responsibility as a child of the Lord is to go, God, you actually know something so much more than me. Mm -hmm. Though I don't particularly appreciate and like... Uh, the lot that you have for yeah. me, I will humbly submit because I trust you. So when it comes to being single, hmm. um, we actually have to recognize the Lord knows something that we don't know, that there is something redemptive. And it's okay to go, I don't love this season, yeah. but Heavenly Father, I love you. Yeah. Um, I want this relationship, but ultimately, Lord, I trust that what you have for me will be so much better than mm -hmm. what I can imagine. Mm -hmm. And rather than to pray to go, Lord, can I experience that? Like yeah. in my darkest, deepest mm -hmm. uh, moments of depression, what helped me get out of that was the day when I realized um, there will be a day I will be okay. Mm -hmm. I will be whole. I don't know if it's in this life or in the life to come, but it's like I released the pressure of yeah. God, you have to make me okay. Yeah. And rather I started praying, mm -hmm. can I find contentment and fullness in a season that I don't like? Hmm. And it, I, I, I had some times with the Lord that uh, were life-changing, yeah. but it was to give, uh, this is theologically incorrect, but permission yeah. uh, give to give God permission to do the things that I didn't want. Right, Yeah. right. That's a good word. I mean, like even me, I, I battled with a lot of stuff um, like a year and a half ago and had like this really deep depression. But um, it's a good comparison where it's like, I don't like this. Right. I'm not enjoying this. But I mean, you think of even Jesus, like right before going to the cross, it's like, hey, if, please cup, yeah. take this. Like yeah. if you could take this cup from yeah. me, but yeah. my, not my will, your will be done. Yeah. So there is this, I don't, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. I'm not happy with this, yeah. but... It's not in my hands, and so having that perspective yeah. Yeah. Um, for someone who's single—that's a—that's a great—that's a—that's great wisdom. Um, and I'll, I remember just hearing someone as well, and kind of goes back to you, where it's like you know, just focus on God, just keep in step with the Spirit, mm -hmm. run that race, mm -hmm. and eventually you'll turn and see someone mm -hmm. who's running that race mm -hmm. as well, and you guys can run together. Yeah. And so, but it starts with just yeah. pay attention. And I think seasons are a really big, like what you were saying is like during that season. And so some people that 
are called to singleness and then that season ends and they're like, I desire a spouse now and I'm trusting the Lord with that. And so I would say that sometimes it's seasonal. I would say another thing is being honest. I think a lot of times in the church we think, and I mean, I know that's not the most popular theology, you know, maybe for where we're sitting, but like just you know, believe it and you'll have it or whatever, because it's not that we, but even within the church, we do see a lot of people like almost suppressing what they're really feeling and saying, oh, I'm so happy. Or if I'll take whatever, you know, God gives me, but inside they're like, I'm miserable about this. Mm. I think saying, I I really desire this. Um, I grieve these years and being honest about that and having relationships that with people who are praying for you, it's okay. And you touched on it a little bit, but I think like our pastor, um, Matt, he's been very helpful for me in my process of of grieving the changes of my life over the years of going from like being a mom and then now my kids are adults and now my son is married. And he challenged me early on in that process, um, like, can you release the outcome to the Lord? Mm. And I didn't really, I'm like, oh yeah, like, yes, I Uh, Of course, Lord's will be done. Easier said than done. Mm. We are holding on in here to something and we're saying, I'm releasing that to the Lord. And we're not. Right. And when I saw that, I'm like, okay, God, you need to show me what releasing an outcome looks like. And it literally means that I'm saying, "This this is what I desire. This is what I'm praying for. And now I'm leaving it now. I'm not, I'm not micromanaging. I'm not manipulating. I'm not, you know, um, micromanaging to get what I want. And so in this particular thing, releasing outcomes to the Lord has been super helpful for Mm -hmm. me in just finding contentment in the different seasons of life and just really trusting God with that and letting him go from there. So it's good. Hard, hard thing to do, but life-changing if if it's we can life-changing to actually just let go it leave is. it at the foot of the cross walk Open-handed. away Open-handed. Yeah. yeah so even thinking to me with like my son like okay like he's gonna be okay in school like he's protected you're around him and i'm gonna walk away that that's hard to do but it's it's true god is sovereign over everything and so mm-hmm. in all cases single dating engagement mm-hmm. yeah. marriage it's the yeah. same story because god mm-hmm. is the same yeah. through yeah. all of it Let's transition into dating. Okay. Um, you know, some people who are watching the program are in dating relationships, and maybe we can walk through some practical biblical principles to help them. Um, so we'll go through a couple questions. Uh, what biblical principles should guide Christians in their approach to dating and forming relationships? You go first. I'm a slow processor. Yeah, that's no problem. I need time to think about it. I'll text you tomorrow all the <laughs> yeah, answers okay, we'll, that I thought I should we'll have said. Right. <laughs> yeah. Give me 24 We'll get hours. the answers. Go to indo.ca. Yeah. You can, I'll type it all out when she texts me. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, one of the things, uh, it's been really interesting in 30 years, 40 years of being a part of the dating conversation, I've watched, um, I've watched the trends of thoughts uh, and convictions and practices mm. in dating and right now uh, you're seeing a movement where um we feel and i mean within the church yeah. you know not I, I don't even just mean in society um where people are just wanting to do their own thing and there's mm-hmm. the assumption that everything is great but uh, i i know I, I was talking to a guy uh when we're looking at the story of david and bathsheba um and uh when david uh, when all the kings went to the war david stayed back and I, I said to him, here's here's the thing. What David did there was foolish. Hmm. 
is foolish behavior. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what does foolish behavior mean? I said, it's unwise decisions and practices that lead to sin, that can lead to sin. Mm-hmm. It's not a sin in and of itself. Yeah. And, and for us to actually be mindful that when we're approaching dating, to, to go, I need to be mindful that I don't engage in foolish behavior. Mm-hmm. Instead of going, hey, it's not a sin, and you know, there's liberty and all these. We're, we're actually arguing for the wrong thing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, rather, if you start to, to have a conversation of going, I want to actually be wise. Uh, so that I can preserve what God's doing in my heart and mm-hmm. what God can do in our relationship instead of fighting for liberty and for expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that'd be a fantastic way to start. I know when uh, Levi started, I hope this is okay uh, that I can say this. He, he's not watching. He's not no, he watching. should be watching, actually. He should have been here. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, he should be here. You know, it's his like, fault. Um, <laughs> it's I, everyone's something's fault. <laughs> it's, it's his fault. <laughs> That's but but like when he was starting his relationship with with Tamara, um, they had a conversation of what what are the things that we value, mm. and and so Levi had a list, and um, when he came back, I said, how did it go? She go, he goes, it went really well. There was a lot of alignment, and she actually added some things on the list. I said, wait, she added to the list of convictions for dating. I said. This girl is amazing. Come on, yeah. uh, but but the idea to preserve what God is doing, yeah. and I think if we can, if if you have uh, someone that you're looking to date that thinks alike, that hey, we want to actually preserve what God has, mm-hmm. and we need to walk in that way. Mm-hmm. You may have a keeper, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. do those convers and have those conversations earlier and frequently. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, and often. Yeah. yeah, because a lot yeah. of times it shifts. Like we've talked yeah. to couples, and as they've been dating for a while, it's like actually we can't do any of this stuff. We have yeah. to back that up. And I think the conversation is not um, like typically Christian relationships would be like, well, we're just not going to have sex before marriage. Yeah, yeah. But if you have the boundary just at sex and you're willing to get that yeah. close, you're going to cross over that yeah, line. Yeah. So you have the conversations like you're saying is what do we want to preserve? Like, like what's the value behind that? It's mm-hmm. that like how we want to live, how we want to demonstrate faithfulness yeah. to God and to one another yeah. and to our future spouse if we don't end up being together. Yeah. So there's like a vision for dating mm-hmm. that leads into a vision for marriage when yeah. we get there. Yeah. And so our faithfulness to the Lord first and foremost and to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And there's there's something beautifully redemptive about mm. all of it Yeah, that we need to have conversations about that sooner yeah. and not just like, well, he's a Christian and I'm a Christian. Like there's a lot of things while looking for a potential... Yeah. I mean, if you're going to get to some of those questions too, like that's just... Yeah, and even just like the open dialogue about like, you know, and and the wise and unwise versus right and wrong Mm -hmm. and just kind of creating boundaries, not on the right and wrong, but the actual wise and unwise. Yes. And then also, you know, there's a lot of other questions that we need to be asking like, oh, like so future plans or, Mm -hmm. you know, having those conversations Mm -hmm. often. I've heard of people like they get married and they go, wait, I didn't want kids. And it's like, oh, we should have probably... So talking about all the things all the time because yep. things change. I think that's really important. So often dialogue mm-hmm. and honest dialogue. Um, that's really good. Um, here's another question. How can individuals be confident that they're marrying the right person? Like what signs mm. do you think there are that indicate God's guidance in, in the process for them? Like the signs are a good, we, we often talk about people's reputation. I think you you want somebody who's known, like whether or not to you, like in a church, what's their reputation like mm-hmm. in the church, like in your discernment process. There's a lot of things that I think we 
could see or choose to ignore in that process. Mm. And so are you going to talk about some of this stuff? No, you can keep going. What that looks like? Well, I'm just, I'm trying to keep it uh, like some of the things that we've been dealing with with people, they'll they'll, um, settling or Mm. overreaching like, I know I could do way, way better or um, I don't think there's anybody else for me. And it's like, well, that's not even the discernment grid we should be right. using. Yeah. It's what it, What do you know about this person? What are people saying about these people? I don't mean in the gossip or slander way, but yeah. like how are they serving? What is their reputation around the church and with people? And Yeah, I remember uh, I had a young couple come and talk to me about that. And um, she was saying, well, my dad doesn't want us to get married. Uh, we're dating. I said, why? And she had this list of character defects and sin practices. Uh, and it was interesting because she actually had a bit of the Messiah complex and a little mm. bit rebellious going, uh, I think I can save him. I think I can turn this. Mm. And the the mistake that we're making is we're actually showing in our sin to the Lord, we're actually showing our untrustworthiness to our potential spouse. Right. And what I said to them, I said, the problem is right now, you're both in agreement with your sin and rebellion against God, but you've shown each other that you're willing to be rebellious to the Lord when it suits your desires. Mm. But what about the day when your desire uh, to sin is not in line with your spouse? Mm. Trust is already broken that you've said, I'll I'll break God's best mm-hmm. for me uh, when it's convenient, mm. but when you're not you're when you're not aligned in your rebellion, mm-hmm. you've got a problem, and mm. you're showing trustworthiness or uh, untrustworthiness. And sadly, they got married, and no surprise, um, the marriage didn't last. And I'm like, the warning signs were there, yeah. and they just didn't listen to them. I am seeing a lot of young people separating. Yeah, yeah. that are oh, married. Yeah. yeah, the last couple of years has been crazy yeah so many people why do you think that's happening specifically with the young adult generation i feel like there's a lot of young adults that i know personally Mm -hmm. um why do you think that i mean obviously there's other there's a lot of reasons but Mm -hmm. it is something that has grown Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've noticed that in like marriage counseling or oh yeah yeah okay and and it's not young actually it's older as well it's an epidemic regardless of your age and my simple answer would be i believe the majority of christians do not have a a true uh biblical understanding of what the purpose of marriage actually is um and that is leading to all Mm. sorts like when 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 it doesn't when this spouse doesn't do or say or isn't uh, the relationship isn't producing what we hoped for, mm-hmm. not in any way related to what God's purpose of marriage is, yeah. but you're no longer meeting my needs anymore. Yeah. Um, I deserve to be happy. A lot of, and I would say that, and then also a lot of the culture is speaking to our theology more than the Bible is now. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a version of spirituality, but it's out of context mm-hmm. from what scripture is actually saying. And so we are now holding to spiritual um, or cultural theology or however you want to word it. And we're almost like living by that standard as opposed to going back to what God says the purpose of marriage is. Mm -hmm. And if we could have a biblical vision for marriage, Oh my goodness! All uh, probably ninety percent of that garbage would be gone, and now we're like, okay, let's lean into this, yeah, and let's build something that God has called us to do together. Yeah. So to distill that down, yeah. to answer your question, 
uh, I think couples are breaking up regardless of the age because they have an unhealthy um, and a self-centered expectation of marriage. Hmm. Um, and, I know it's a very touchy topic, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but, but I'm but, just seeing it a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and then when when things get harder than what you expect, and what I do in marriage prep is to say, hey, couples, marriage is going to be harder than you imagine. I know. I said, no, it's harder. And they raised a threshold, but inevitably, we live in a fallen world mm-hmm. that inevitably the we it gets worse than what we expected, and we break that threshold of expectation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if couples aren't properly prepared, yep. yeah. they will have a, a, a crisis of faith. God, how could you let this happen to me? Yep. Or a crisis of marriage. Who are you? You're not the person that I thought you were. You're no longer making me happy. Mm-hmm. And they have no tools in the toolbox to navigate this hard season because, again, our joy comes right. from external, not from Christ. That's yeah. what our culture says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're ill-equipped and marriages fall apart. Just because you're in church or that you attend church, it actually, and, and one John uh, talks about this a lot, um, it doesn't mean you're actually a believer just because you say you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's exposing the lack of depth yeah. um, in, in marriages, and it, it grieves me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think COVID and all of the problems since is just revealing that we're ill-equipped yeah. to handle the the crisis levels and our we we naturally fall apart the marriages or our faith or our our mental health or anything and we're ill-equipped and that's Mm -hmm. unfortunate because to go back jesus came that we might have life yeah Mm -hmm. and it's separate from the circumstances but it's interesting while you're talking about this i'm thinking about coming back to where you and i met um back at church at willingdon um we came, our marriage was in a rough spot. Mm. Like we, we will say to people, there's only one hero yeah. in our story, um, but we should, we should not be married still. Like the, the ministry, mm. the abuse, like a lot of the things that we came out of. Um, and then we show up at church and John Newfeld is preaching and we are sitting under sound doctrine mm. for the first time mm. week after week. And we would look at each other and we're like, okay, we got to do something here. And it was, now we're going to build our marriage up in in Christ, but in the way the Bible instructs. And I think the beginning of, like the beginning of the end, it could have been, but it was the beginning of the beginning for us, um, was when Cliff said, I'm I'm no longer going to love you the way that you demand I love you. And I remember that was like the, I felt like, my whole world. And in that he was saying, you didn't say this, you just said, I'm no longer going to love you the way you want me to. But he was saying, I'm not going to love you the way I want to love you either. So by the way, if we don't know, Ephesians 5, um, Paul Paul writes, husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. And the mistake that a lot of couples make is when a husband says, I need to love my wife the way she wants me to. Hey, happy wife, happy life. Hmm. And, And we hate those kinds of sayings. Married wow. up, Married happy up. wife, it's just that garbage. Is, yeah. And so we were at the end of our rope, and it's interesting because that theological 
revival is, is what we talk about that season actually led to a renewal in our own hearts that, mm. that the spirits did something great. He totally and, healed our marriage yeah, so, and our family. And so in that, wow. I'm like, I'm not going to love you the way you want me to love you. And and it, because scripture doesn't let me love you the way you want me to. Yeah. Wow. And, and in that though, I don't get to love you the way I want to love you. Yeah. I'm commanded to love you the way Jesus loved the church. Sheesh, so neither so good, one man. of us get to actually determine yeah. how yeah. we express love. It's actually Christ who does. And that was, again, the That's beginning of the beginning man. for us. Yeah. 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 So it was like, okay, it's over or we're going to do it completely different different. Yeah. And God then built us up in him, mm-hmm. built our family up. I mean, just everything about what God has done in our lives is a work, uh, a powerful work of the spirit. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. So, I mean, we're talking about dating and then engagement, but a great question to ask because this will help people who are dating and engaging mm-hmm. or, in, or engaged is you said, okay, well, if we don't have the proper biblical understanding yeah. of what is marriage, yeah. Yeah. walk us through what is the biblical understanding of marriage. Well, I'll I'll quote Tim Keller in this moment because it's a great vision, uh, and then you'll have some other smart stuff. <laughs> I'm just the uh, smart Alex. Stuff, yeah, anyways. right. Yeah. Um. So my favorite uh, quote from Tim Keller from the Meaning of Marriage, which I highly recommend mm-hmm. that book. In fact, while you're dating, read that book. Mm. While you're engaged, read that book. Mm-hmm. While you're married, read the book. Like. Just because you're not in a relationship doesn't mean you shouldn't be building your understanding of a biblical theology for marriage. But Tim Keller writes, within this Christian vision of marriage, here's what it means to fall in love. It's to look at another person and say, I see what God is doing in you and I want to be part of that. I want to partner with the work that God is doing in you. And then hmm. when we get to heaven and we stand before the Lord, hmm. I will say, look at you. I always knew what you were capable hmm. of. I see it now. Wow. And for me, it's very emotional for me because I didn't have that. Hmm. So I was always looking for Cliff to hmm. be something that only Jesus could be. Hmm. And when he failed me, I gave myself permission to act out in whatever sinful ways I thought. Now, I didn't call it sinful. I'm like, I'm just doing, I'm having the life. justified. Yeah, it's yeah. just justify, rationalize, minimize, whatever, in order to have and do the things that I thought. And we're in ministry. Like I married a pastor. Like, so this, the, the, the sinfulness of my heart mm. was fully demonstrated when I got married. Mm. Those things were always there. They were just dormant. And then mm. as soon as now I have accountability in a way that I never had before. Oh yeah. I, it just was terrible. So when I, re- when I read that, this idea that, oh, Cliff's role was never to be make me happy. And my role is to actually partner with the work that God is doing in his life. Wow. That's what I lean into. And that's what I lean into now. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that really sets the stage for whatever Cliff is going to say now about a biblical theology on on marriage yeah. and understanding the per- like the for this reason. Yeah. God, you know, in Genesis, we see that for this reason. What is this reason? And... Cliff and I are actually doing a retreat teaching this cool. in next month. Cool. So why don't, you, why don't you test the audience on this? <laughs> See, no. this comment below if you enjoy yeah. this so far. Yeah. Yeah. But but no, you actually hit on it uh, when Hebrews talks about, mm-hmm. uh, I run the race that is set before me. Mm-hmm. And, and so in the covenant of marriage, and that's what marriage is, it's a covenant, 
um, God in his sovereign plan, your races align and you and your spouse are running the same race. Mm -hmm. I think a big breakdown in marriage is couples will have these general ideas of what marriage is, but they don't focus on the specific hmm. plan. Why did God in his sovereignty pick you and this person to be in covenant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's the general principles of marriage, yeah. um, but then there's also this specific application. Uh, like, And do you actually agree that you are running the same race? And and so people have all this different articulations. So I'm going to give you a really quick Bible study. Yeah. So if you've got your Bibles, open it up to Genesis <laughs> chapter 2. Give them a time. We'll have some jazz music playing in the background. There, there Marcus can add that. We'll get you there. Genesis 2. So in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it's a very well-known, therefore a man will leave his father and mother and be and, and hold fast, and, and they shall become one flesh. So what, what we're reading there is something was discovered earlier in the text. Whatever that discovery was, that's why you get married. Hmm. So, well, what is it? So you go further up in uh, Genesis 2, verse 23, uh, and Adam said, when he saw Eve, at last, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was uh, taken out of a man and therefore man will leave. So we still don't know exactly, but Adam just discovered something. Hmm. Whatever he discovered, that was a reason to enter into a covenant relationship. So we still don't know exactly what it was. So if you go further up into the text in verse 18, mm. the Lord God said, it's not good that a man should be alone. I'll make a helper fit for him. And this is where the people in singleness get it wrong. They're like, I'm lonely and I want to be married. And I, I cite this verse, but I don't think the verse has to do with loneliness. Mm -hmm. It actually is something more functional. If you read it, um, what, what was happening earlier in that is that Adam had this call on his life to run Edom, to subdue the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there was, uh, but he couldn't do it on, on his own. Mm. And so God and Adam looked over the created order to find a helper fit for Adam to do what Adam could not do on his own. And there was no helper fit for him. The word helper in the Hebrew is the word easer. It's a loaded word. Mm -hmm. Don't Please don't think it's like, um, a second rate mm -hmm. tier that just, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, not lesser. Um, but it, you know, the Lord uses the word easier for himself, mm -hmm. that there is this um, helper to do the God given task. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, again, it's a name that God uses for himself. Mm -hmm. And so when the created order, God and Adam couldn't find it. And then when God created a a Eve and showed Eve to Adam, he goes, at last, it was you are the person mm -hmm. to help with the God-given call on my life that I can't do on my own, we can do together. The God-given call that you have on your life, you can't do on your mm -hmm. own, but we can do together. Mm -hmm. I would, and, and now we're getting specific, and then that's when Hebrews says, we run the race that is set before mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. For couples to actually ask mm -hmm. this question, what is the redemptive purpose yeah. and reason why God brought the two of you together for covenant for life? Mm -hmm. There is a redemptive purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for Aaron and I, we've discovered what our redemptive purpose is. And because we've made that mm -hmm. a big centerpiece of our life, it has helped us navigate the different seasons of life, whether it's work, whether it's children, mm -hmm. finances. 
And so when we are co-laboring on a call that we can't do on our own, but we can do together, mm -hmm. there's a unity and there's a partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a and freshness. Fun. Yeah, and there's yeah. an adventure. Yeah. And, and we don't fight when um, we're doing something and it costs us something. We're both going, we're doing this under the Lord. Yeah. This yeah. is why we're married to suppose you're doing that again. Yeah. And and there's yeah. this tension. Like that resentfulness when one person is off doing their own thing. When he goes on a mission trip or when he's um doing some of the things that he has to do, there's like, oh yeah, we're doing this. You're doing this part, I'm doing this. Whether yeah. I'm at home now or you're at home at during this time. Yeah. And it is an adventure, like the things we've that God's called us to do. The, it, it would not be something that, like, he's way more adventurous than I am. So they would not be, I would not be as fun, I don't think. And the things that God's called us to do, we're like, oh, we can't do this on our own. This is something mm. that... But but the cool part is um, the purpose of what brought us together is so much bigger than what's represented here. Yeah. What is your redemptive purpose? Ah, as a, as a, I was curious. I was testing you, young this one, to so see if you were going <laughs> to ask one. that. You owe me. <laughs> okay. So adjust the, adjust the ledger. It. Yeah, adjust the ledger. So for us, our unique and specific calling is to serve the local church. Mm -hmm. And so um, in 31 years of marriage, it had nothing to do with our vocation because we would be volunteer. Mm -hmm. One of us would be working. One of us wouldn't be working. We're both working. In the, it, it, it didn't matter what our vocation was. Yeah. We served the local church um, to, to a high level. Yeah. And that's what we're even doing now. It's why we went downtown to, to yeah. serve uh, at Westside is we together have this calling Mm -hmm. uh, and we we do it joyfully. Mm -hmm. it, it is difficult. Yeah. But as we even transitioned out of being full-time parents to being empty nester parents, we were able to navigate those uh, transitions because we knew that uh, how we were as parents was going to be time-bound. Mm -hmm. You know, when yeah. the kids move yeah. out. Uh, and so you're like, we realized that there is, there's a bigger reason. Even in Ephesians uh, 5, the Apostle Paul says, and I'm saying that the, uh, this reason, uh, it, uh, talking about marriage, mm -hmm. is pointing to Christ and the church, mm -hmm. that there is this redemptive outward mm -hmm. um, posture that marriage should have. And couples make a mistake when they make marriage an inward just between uh, a husband and a mm -hmm. wife. It's oriented completely backwards. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Such good wisdom for people who are dating. Now yeah. they have a they have an understanding. Okay, what is what is marriage? Yeah. What yeah. why am I even dating yeah. to right. begin with? Yeah. Yep. And, and conversations that should be had when dating, not yeah. bring up mm -hmm. when you're engaged, for example. Because yeah. then you're like, oh my goodness, I don't understand. I mean, obviously, if you haven't had the conversation and you're engaged, it's not too late mm -hmm. to walk through this. Even your own testimony of kind of yep. having this realization how long were you married before this hit i guess you were at willingdon when this happened like were well we no it had happened before but yeah. part of our healing was yeah. getting to willingdon so probably like 15 years yeah we were had been married 15 years yeah by the time god's like okay now we're gonna do it my way yeah yeah so it's never too late to have no. these conversations yes. no. but yes. it's important to have them because mm -hmm. if you don't uh things could fall apart yeah. i think yeah yeah um, so we talked to singles, singleness, dating, and engagement. I feel like those are pretty similar. Um, and we talked a little bit about marriage. Um, but now that we have an understanding of a biblical foundation of marriage, this is yeah. going to be, this is very, very helpful. Um, in your experience, what are common misconceptions about marriage that you often encounter in your pastoral counseling? Well, I think the biggest one is 
that the the other person is supposed to meet my needs yeah, and make me yeah, happy. Yeah. That would be the thing that just that is what the the majority of people come in with thinking, and it's the majority. That's the reason why the majority of marriages or the breakdown of the marriage. I yeah. mean, we can get into that more. Cliff does a lot of marriage counseling. I do more of the or like like just like I meet with young women. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, go. You say. No, I, I think part of it is that it, um, I hope I don't creep. Um, it's the unrealistic expectations. And so often what we'll see in relationship, in, in marriage relationships, um, what people might describe as marriage problems, we don't communicate, you mm. are selfish, uh, I am, what, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go, it's a marriage problem. Mm-hmm. And well, what if it's not? What if God is using your marriage to point out your sins mm. and your character defects yeah. and your selfish proclivities as a means for your own righteousness. Yeah, yeah. And so like some of our worst conversations, our biggest fights uh, were... Tell us about some of them. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. But, but, but it's, it's come to the recognition of, oh, it's actually a sin. Yeah. yeah. And it's manifesting in my marriage. Yeah. Interesting. It's not a marriage problem. It's it's actually a sin condition, and so uh, it's that unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. You need to make me happy, and it's it's a common phrase. What if your marriage isn't to make you happy, but it's to make you holy? And this is kind of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's is, good. is it helps in your sanctification process, yeah. and the byproduct of a penitent position towards the Lord, that's marriage enrichment. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because then I remember once um, we we were fighting about something. I forget what it was. And you quoted scripture, and I went, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, and I capitulated Boom. so quickly, yeah. you thought I was being sarcastic, but I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that's my sin right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's my self-centeredness. Yeah. It's done. I'm wrong. Yeah, that's, and that's and right. it was corrective. And for her to go, wait, my husband is actually submitting yeah. willingly to the authority of scripture? Hmm. Not to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or or to himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that just made me even more trustworthy. Totally. Uh, in my heart for God, yeah. and and more lovable. Wow, somebody's willing to change, mm. uh, to become more into the image and likeness of Jesus, uh, yeah. to embody more of the you know mm. Galatians five, the fruit of the spirit. Those are all marriage enrichers. Mm. Yeah. But it all it all. It stems from our ability to see that one of the mechanisms for our individual discipleship is is our spouse mm. in it, marriage. It does really help when we talk about a bibl- having a biblical worldview. I would see that when you compare and contrast a secular or a biblical worldview, when it starts breaking down when it comes to like our purpose for mm. life in a biblical worldview, suffering has a purpose. Life is temporary. Our call is to die to ourselves, crucify, mortify the flesh. And then how do we live that out while we're here? It's uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, the It's God's world. It's God's way. So we mm. use his word to guide us. And that has been our like sufficiency and authority of scripture are really big doctrines for yeah. Cliff and I. Mm-hmm. So we submit to the authority of scripture. It has the final authority. And like Cliff said so many times, before having that biblical framework, I would legitimately think when I had a problem with Cliff, he was wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, and it you, was the Lord leading you to Lord that discovery. It was the Lord showing me. Yeah, and yeah. then as 
as like my theology changed and I had an understanding, I'm like, oh, that's my flesh. What? Like our yeah. flesh is alive. I'm continually having yeah. like so many times, especially when it was really hard in marriage, I'd be like, I can't stand this guy. And so it's before, true. you know, you go to like, well, I'm just going to watch TV or I'm going to like read or go and talk to my friends about it. Now I'm like, I got to talk to the Lord about it. And mm. I'm not kidding you, 95% of the time, I am like the loving discipline and correction of my heavenly father. Mm. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And I'm still so mad at him. I'm like, yeah. like. Okay, so <laughs> you're hitting something. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Um, Take a break. It, it, no, it's something we talk a lot about. And okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, this, uh, they're so cute. Uh, they're week, so cute. Uh, about a week ago. That's what you say to old people. No. Yeah. Yeah, you're Huge. Did you ever see Harry when Harry met Sally at the end? Hey, I'm dropping some good knowledge. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was just gonna say they interview these old couples at the end. Never They're mind. So cute. Okay, go ahead. So this is a test. Uh, oh, a couple boy. weeks ago, Aaron said, "Hey, if you ever did a marriage podcast, what would you name oh, yes. your marriage podcast?" And what did I say the name was? Do you remember? Yeah, it's called oh, "Shut Up and Die Already." But the idea, <laughs> that, because, because and because you you hit it there, the idea of dying to yourself, yeah, yeah, and and it, it, even the Christian, we are more self centered than we could ever imagine, yeah. and the worst part is when we think we're not, yeah, and marriage is a constant call to just shut up and die, yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. So Christ is glorified. Yeah. Yeah. So your spouse and you can walk more in step with mm. the Spirit. If I had, I remember I had this one guy come into my office, uh, and um, his wife was going through a tragedy in that there was a death in the family, mm. and she was unraveling and legitimately so, and he was getting all bent out of shape and offended and hurt by his wife's mourning, mm. and, and uh, he goes, "What do I do?" I'm like, "Bro, just shut up and die already." Mm. What I said, "You just die." So your wife could actually be comforted and cared for and yeah. loved. And it, it means you're going to have to give up some of the things that you want, mm -hmm. but it, mm -hmm. there's a greater good. I, I, I think one of the things that you and I have learned to do in the in the years of our marriage yeah. is to just shut up and die to ourselves yeah. so God is glorified. And that is something that uh, the sooner you can get that mm. worked into your marriage, mm -hmm. The, the sooner your marriage, you will find some joy, contentment, and, and, and flourishing. flourishing man. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's not circumstantial, yeah. and it's never right. going to be right. environmental or yeah. circumstantial. Yeah. It's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because seasons will change, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Correct. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's crazy to see, like, uh, in my own life, like the sanctification mm -hmm. from dating mm -hmm. to marriage and then kids. Mm -hmm. Like, you realize, oh, I thought I got rid of all the selfishness. And then kids come and you're like, oh, wow, I'm still a jerk. And then second kid comes, oh, wow, I'm still terrible. And, you know, and so yeah. it's, it's just this long yeah. process of like literally continuing to die to yourself. That's right. But there's some people who go through all that and don't die to themselves. Right. And mm -hmm. they finally realize, you know, 20, 30 years in. Right. So having that as a, in the front of your mind and in your heart to continually die to yourself, I think is so important. And um, so even talking through kids, mm -hmm. did you notice a transition from marriage to having Jesse and Levi, you know, more sanctification, more like you just continue to see it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You really do see your selfishness yeah. on display when you have kids and you don't yeah. get 
your life completely changes. It's not yeah. about, it's literally not about you anymore. Oh, Christmas morning, oh, there's presents for the kids. It's like, oh, I used to get like really cool cars. And you, know, what okay, you, you said something there. Yeah. It's not about you anymore. And here, here's the secret. It was never about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, we but, thought it was. We no. were tricked into thinking. But we'll be right so, back after these messages. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. And then there's like but, a yeah. <laughs> but no, so let's let's think about this. I'm 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 you know, I hope I, I I'm gonna recall this correctly. So if we're called as husbands yeah. to love our wives the way Christ loved the church, how did Christ love the church? Mm. Well, and the text tells us and he gave mm. himself up yep. for her. So then for us, we need to go, okay, and how did Jesus love the church? Mm. So here's a great example. Um, Jesus was doing a lot of ministry, and and he was tired, and so he uh, and the disciples went to um, a desolate place. So Jesus gets into a boat and is going along the shore, and on the shore, people are going. There's Jesus, and they're following yeah. on the shore. Yeah. And when and the boat turns in, so Jesus is getting a well earned and deserved break. Mm-hmm. And he's pulling up, and there's thousands of people. And Jesus said when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. Mm. And this is what it is to die. Like, it was never about you. You go, I've worked all day. I deserve Mm. my break. Kids, quiet. Mm. You know, daddy's going to... And no, you don't get to. Why? Because Jesus didn't love that way. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then he goes and feed, does does uh, the feeding of the five thousand, and mm-hmm. so you, you realize, oh, okay, it yeah. was never about me. Yeah. It's never been about my rights and what I deserve mm-hmm. and what I need. It's just about dying to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that, like, there's no victim in that. There is a blessing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, like, there's a blessing in the moment where you know what when Jesus said, "I saw the crowd," he, he saw the people, and he had compassion on them, that the Lord gives you what you need to love and serve mm-hmm. in the moment from him, not from, you know, yeah. a Netflix bender or whatnot. Yeah. But then, like, I remember we were, um, I think it was last year, uh, we do this yearly vacation uh, with our kids uh, to Mexico. And Aaron and I were walking on the beach. It was a beautiful moment. And I'm like, wow, look look what the Lord's done. Mm. Um, and, and we just started listing the different things that mm. the Lord has done. And if, for me, those are almost my favorite worship services. It's not, wow. it's not thousands of people with some mm. killer band. It's in those moments. Mm. And, and I'm like, look what the Lord has done. And as we continued this conversation, I'm like, oh, this was the, uh, a result of a long-term obedience in the same direction. Mm. So uh, like that that there is this compounding uh effect of God's blessing mm-hmm. yeah. the longer you do this yeah. and so here we're we're old and so what are we we're cute No you're not you're no, cute, cute. No. We're, cute. No. We're, we're so old we're cute but but in that <laughs> Um, <laughs> we'll be right back after these mentions from dentures. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but 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 th- th- there is this long term blessing yeah. um, from from that, and and so mm. for for the married people, and when you have the children, to willingly mm-hmm. give up your rights so that Christ would be glorified. Yeah, there will be a day. Um, 10, 15, 20 years where you're like, well, look what the Lord has done. So we have done ridiculous sacrifices for our children, for our marriage, uh, and there's never been a day... Um, yeah, you never regret that. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. never... never we, we, we've regretted our selfishness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've yeah. regretted those things, but we've not, like those were some very expensive... 
you know, sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And we look back and we're like, worth it. Like the hundreds of thousands of dollars that we lost in earnings. Being worth parents, mm. yes, <laughs> worth oh my it. goodness, the weight, the waste, yes, yes. Oh, there's another tube of toilet paste down the drain. Thanks, <laughs> seven bucks, yeah, but it's worth it, it's yeah. all worth yeah. it, yeah. yeah. And, and so, we're seeing the benefit and yeah. uh, of that sacrifice and the blessing of the Lord in that it's worth it, yeah. Praise God, no, man, no, th- no victims to just, yeah, dying to although yourself. we still love a good Christmas morning present, there's nothing, yeah, wrong I mean, with that, that. yeah, of course, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting because. When people think oh, I gotta die to myself, or I gotta be, you know, it's like almost like a burden. But right. you're yeah. saying it's not a burden; no. it's a blessing. It's a, joy. it's a gift and a blessing. Yeah, yeah. praise God. Um, raising kids. What biblical principles should guide parents in raising kids in today's world, today's culture, which seems to be just yeah. changing for the worse every day? Are can you remind me? Are you kids? Home, they're homeschooled. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Same with mine. Yeah. Oh, yours are too. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like blended learning, right? Do they go in a couple of days a week, and then they're, are they fully at home? Uh, we're fully at home now. Fully at home. Okay, yeah. 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 So my five year old is like blended two days a week. He goes in, and then three days with Michelle. Yeah. Because yep. she works at the school that does that. So yeah. she. You got a built in teacher in. It's the, amazing. It's man. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Oh, you you go. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I can just go rock, all rock, the time. Rock, paper, scissors. Settle yeah. like no, adults. No, you just Settle go. like adults. You just go. Rock, paper, oh, so, okay. Come on. I wanted to rock, paper, scissors. That's fine. <laughs> I was afraid of losing. <laughs> um, so, you know, Ephesians talks about um, raise your kids in the discipline mm. and the instruction of the mm. Lord. Mm. Well, those are two loaded things. The discipline then, you know, as I'm as I'm thinking about that, uh, are the principles, mm-hmm. the, the the household rhythms, mm-hmm. uh, and the way the family interacts, uh, and in the uh, instruction of the Lord. Uh, so in the discipline and the instruction, uh, moms and dads actually have to speak mm-hmm. the same as Scripture, but also mm-hmm. model it. Mm-hmm. And that gets really, really difficult um, when popular culture um, is telling uh, people, this is what a good parent looks like. Mm-hmm. It's how big the birthday parties are, or how often you are able to run your kids to these different um, activities. activities. And, and that is a good parent, and that's dying to yourself. Christian parents are thinking that, mm-hmm. and it hmm. grieves me because the amount of parents that I've seen that are thinking they're doing this uh, for you know, mm-hmm. their children's spiritual flourishing mm-hmm. are realizing that our spiritual rhythms are now taking a backseat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the children are going, oh, so activities can actually replace our, our, our healthy spiritual rhythms, whether it's being a part of a church community or, or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and sadly, I've seen so many parents um, who allow themselves to let the world's definition of what a good parent yeah. is, it has hurt their marriages. Mm-hmm. It has hurt their relationship with their children because parents are running around. And so the hard part is to when you read, you know, texts like the Ephesians uh, to raise your kids in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord is to go, I'm going to let Scripture actually define what a good parent is versus mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will, as a parent, get my affirmation mm-hmm. uh, from the what, what the Lord says uh, versus what the culture is. And we we it was difficult for us 
because there were certain things. And, and because our children lived in the world, they're also hearing the same things. But mom and dad, they didn't say it quite this eloquently, but a good parent is mm -hmm. taking us on these trips and yeah. to do this, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. and, and for us to be lovingly being able to go, actually, that's not the definition of a good parent. Mm -hmm. mm. And the cool part is now... Um, uh, we've gotten affirmed a lot. Like our children now go, we actually are going to raise our children with the same rules that wow. you had for us. Wow. Like the, the rules that our kids pushed up against, mm -hmm. you know, like access to the internet or screen time or phone protocols, wh whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And for our kids to go, oh yeah, no, no, they're not going to get a phone. Oh, they're not going to have access to TV. Or, and, and I'm like, uh, like, and it was moderation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not that we didn't, it was moderation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To go, wow! Uh, the fact that our kids now see the redemptive purpose hmm. in some of that. Mm -hmm. But the hardest thing as a mom and dad is to be able to uh, let the Lord def determine yep. and define what good parenting is instead mm -hmm. of the world. Um, something that was super helpful for us as well was um, uh, discerning like preference over what the Bible has to say. So uh, biblical literacy will help us yeah. know that better. Um, we had gone to a conference when our kids were really young and I don't even know what it was, but they talked a lot about, um, is it a, is it an issue of sin or is it an issue of preference? And that was at a really good time for us yeah. to be able to say, Oh, just because I don't like that my kid does this or like a clean room or, you know, whatever yeah. it, is their heart for God. Okay. Are they, are they respect? Like, do they love Jesus or do they respect our leadership in the home? And so if they just don't do things the way we want them to, to, are we going to make a big thing about that or when it's a rebellious heart yeah. or something? And yeah. that was super helpful. And yeah. the gospel really helps, like really having a great biblical framework and a such a great understanding of the gospel and letting that speak into the way you discipline, the way you teach, the yeah. way you, you know, the way you guide your kids in the decisions that they make. And our, our the five of us now, like we have a third child hmm. now uh, but we're very close and yeah. we the kids talk to us about all of those things because close better than I am we all, in this way that you um, help people discover more you ask a mm. lot of questions mm. you're very curious and then you help the kids get there where I'd be like, well, let's just eliminate this conversation. I'll just tell you what to think. Like, my, <laughs> If you just do it my way, we'll all be happy yeah. because I'm so wise. And then that was part of God correcting and disciplining me and allowing um, the Lord. So Cliff has really helped me be a different kind of parent. And if I hadn't had the understanding that I did of marriage, mm -hmm. I would have resisted his the Lord's discipleship of me through him, hmm. likewise for me in other areas, but in this one, like submitting, like dying to myself and then oh, it was the better way. Hmm. And if I had just dug my heels in, but the grace and the curiosity and hmm. understanding the gospel over preference um, has been super helpful in, in our parenting and yeah, understanding of what things to make big deals and what not to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's really good. And I wonder what's the, what was your upbringing with your kids um, with church? Like I know community is so important. Church is so important. There's a lot of young families and it's even for me too with, you know, our kids, like the chaos of a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, ah, it's just not even, mm -hmm. I like asking people who have had young kids who are now following the Lord, what was uh, church life like when they were little and life was chaotic mm -hmm. with little kids? So what's to, the age gap again? They're two years apart. Two years apart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go to church. Yeah, just do it. 
be faithful in that. I We have coming out of COVID with this big disconnect from people not returning to church. Yes. And we do think that the, a large part of what is happening in marriages and families, the blowing up of, like mm. we have so many calls from people. It's like the most solid people we know are splitting up, the most Crazy. solid families. Yep. And I really see a direct uh, tie between just being committed, being submitted to church authority, being members in a church, growing in community, the gathering together. We're called not to forsake that. And mm -hmm. a lot of just discipline, spiritual disciplines got out mm -hmm. of whack and people haven't recovered. Yeah. And I, I would say... What's your question? <laughs> no, that's just, so, so you know the Michael Scott where it's like sometimes I just talk and I just <laughs> yes, hope I can yes, get back yeah. to where we're just keep talking. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like the importance of going to church, oh, even yeah. if it's very, very hard so, and it's chaotic. And we did and we never did. And when we left a very abusive situation, we the next Sunday we got up and everyone in our life was saying, if, like you guys have been so faithful to the Lord and you know we had come out of an abusive situation and they're like if anyone deserves to take a break from church it's you guys and mm. we're talking about like family members like yeah. very respectable family members and we're like we're not going to do it we don't want to get out of the practice and it wasn't yeah. legalistic it wasn't like oh well this is what we need to do as Christians it was like we need this more than anything else So and, wow. and, and again it's um, raise your children in the discipline Hmm. And the instructions. So the discipline, it's yeah. the practice. Yeah. It's the doing. Yeah. And as parents, if we're super self-centered, we go, oh, it's hard. Um, I'm going to give myself a pass. Mm -hmm. and, and we're teaching our children something hmm. that um, the minute it's hard to do something, we'll give ourselves permission yeah. and a pass. And yeah, w you know, when our entire world fell apart, mm -hmm. um, it, pertaining to church, what did we do the next Sunday? We went to church. It was a different church, hmm. um, but we went to church hmm. um, because we um, and and in those in those moments, again, it was just a blind faith and trust that the Lord knew something better than what yeah. we did, and, and this what we could see. Yes, yeah. and this was us dying to ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, and and in that because we were also working in a church. Uh, it was very important for our children that we separated mom and dad's vocation and mom and dad's discipleship. Mm. And, and so we had rules with our kids in church because we were in church. Uh, you know, there's three gatherings on a Sunday morning and there was Saturday night or whatever um, that we were very careful that uh, our kids did not have to pay for our job. Yeah, And so we yeah. limited that they went to church every Sunday, but they wouldn't be like a typical pastor's kid. They didn't, they weren't there the whole we had day, to, basically. We yeah. had to make them not be there because when kids are little, they just want to be with you. But we never wanted our kids to be resentful of, mm. of that. And looking back going, we were at church like 12 hours on a Sunday. You ruined our weekends. Looking back, you know, because yeah. we rewrite the script, the, the history or the narrative. Yeah. Um, and so for us, we would trade off, like if I were leading worship on a Sunday, Cliff would be the one to bring them a little bit later and then I would take them right. home after. We would balance yeah. their involvement. Yeah. But here's one thing we see in marriage and parenting. Um, a lot of couples will come when one spouse is done and they're like, help us. My husband just told me he's done with the marriage. We're out. Mm. Fix it. And mm. that didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. It was a, a the problem lot. didn't 
yeah, arise overnight. Yeah, it didn't yeah. happen overnight. Right. It's discipleship. It's like, let's look at the history of what's been going. Parents, too. We were in youth ministry for years, and parents coming, our kids, you know, are off the rails. They're drinking or Fix doing them. drugs. Yeah. Fix them. Well, what's, what's been the pattern? What are the disciplines? What are your family? Well, they do sports. We only have one day off on a weekend. Oh, so now that there's a problem, you want to engage with the church. Now, no problem. We love you and we want to walk alongside you. But it's so late in the in the discipleship process. Hmm. All of this. So getting back to your original question, which I now remember. Yeah. <laughs> churches. <laughs> 20 minutes later. Um, these disciplines yeah. will protect you. You're in community. You're yeah. with people who are, are yeah. you're known you know people, you talk yeah. about it, oh, we're having this problem. You're, ta- you're bringing the yeah. church in. Yeah. And now it's not we're getting a divorce, but it's like, hey, we've hit a bump. Can we get some help yeah. or yeah. with your yeah. kids or whatever? So I would be like, if you're a parent, go to church, take your kids. Like, can, be, can I say this? So yeah. love going to church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, again, the kids pick up, oh, mom and dad don't like this, but they're doing it anyway. Good point. Like, we truly loved going yeah, yeah. to church. So, th- even when th- like three and one, yes, or four and yeah. two, like, and it's sleepless nights or and whatever, you're, and, you're, and you're not happy in and your you're, drive, and you're tired, and, yeah. and you have to, and this happens, and the kid poops his pants right before you leave to the van. It's like, so, you're late. You're so, now you're so late. You're, so what do we do? Who cares? Just, just go. Still go. Go Absolutely. to church. Yeah. 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 Because the Lord has something for you yeah. in your discipleship process yeah. through community, yes. through corporate worship and yeah. prayer, you know, and 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 the preaching uh, of of a text, and so do your children. Yeah. Like we just need to see the benefits and the blessing of it, so our heart can actually be enthusiastic, yeah. even though there's a challenge in it. Yeah, both can be true. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Great conversation. Talking about singleness, dating, engagement, marriage, kids. We don't get to talk about grandkids yet because you're not there. No, no. we're trying. You're not to, that we're, excited. We're encouraging. You're, you're them. not that cute. No. If you know what I'm saying. If you know what I I'm saying. I appreciate that. We'll, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we'll be cuter next year. Yeah, yeah. We'll have you back and say, comment below. Are they cuter? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Cliff and Aaron Ursel, thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll leave resources available for like Westside and just what you guys are doing. You have a conference coming up um, mm-hmm. in May. No, July. July. Sorry. Yep. So we'll leave some resources because that's going to be a really great, it's gonna be great. great conference yeah. in Vancouver. So uh, bless you guys. We hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. Enjoy the long weekend if you're watching on Family Day. If not, still enjoy whatever day you're watching this, and we'll see you next week.